0: listening to The New Mamas Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The New Mamas Podcast. I am super excited. I feel like I say that every week, but I am like actually legitimately excited for this episode because we have (laughs) Sydney on. She is a NICU nurse. Hello. Yes, hello. And she's also pregnant with her first. So we're going to get into that too. I'm excited to like hear about the correlation of, what is it like being a NICU nurse and then now being pregnant with your first? And it'll be so interesting too when you go back to work after too, like how your perspective totally. will change. So let's get into it. Sydney, tell us everything about you.
1: Hi, I'm Sydney. i Sydney Runda. I am 29 years old, and I am expecting my first baby. Um, it's a baby boy. We're so excited. I'm a NICU nurse. I've been a NICU nurse for four years, and I work in uh, Jersey City, and I honestly couldn't imagine doing anything else. I don't think I could have picked a better job that would have prepared me to become a mom, you know?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just the fact that you know how to hold a new board.
1: Yeah. Like- you know, it's so funny. Everyone, I overhear everyone saying to my husband, like, do you know how lucky you are? She knows how to do everything. Like between how to get the baby to sleep, how, what calms them, if they're sick, this, that. And he's like, yeah, I, I really am. I've never really thought about it until everyone started telling me. You know, everyone's asked me like, what? what makes you so nervous? Like, what are you the most nervous for? And I'm like, I'm not nervous to have a baby at all. I've been to 2000 deliveries. I'm not nervous to actually have a baby. I'm just, I was nervous about pregnancy, honestly. So I don't know. I, we're really excited. I'm excited for
0: you. I just, I definitely want to follow your journey. What made you want to be a NICU nurse? And tell me a little bit about the schooling involved, because I think a lot of moms don't know, like we, you know, our babies end up in the NICU and we don't really know much about the training and who's really taking care of our precious little babies. So yeah, if you could tell us a little bit more about that, that would be great.
1: I knew my whole life what I wanted to do. I always said when people asked you, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say, number one, a mom and number two, a nurse. It just always was this passion in me. I actually, my plan was I always wanted to be a, de- a labor and delivery nurse, and then I was going to go back to school and become a midwife. I also, like, was super interested when I was in school to when I did my rotation in the NICU, I fell in love with the NICU. So I truly, after I graduated, was would be just as happy with either getting a NICU position or getting in a labor and delivery position. I think it was like God's faith that I got into the NICU on my first job out of nursing school and I fell in love with it. And it changed my whole plan. Like I ended up staying in the NICU. I am cross-trained into the labor and delivery and mother baby. I get a lot of L and D experience and mother baby experience. So I kind of at my job have the best of both worlds. As far as training, we I went to school at the University of Tampa I wanted to get away from New Jersey I wanted to go in the sunshine and Wait, I my went sister
0: to- also went to UT
1: no way yeah, what yeah year did she graduate?
0: Loves- oh she just graduated she's she's young oh, she's, she's uh a,
1: she's a baby. oh no oh no she's 25 but yeah so like your, so she probably entered while I left for your difference yeah
0: yeah, Aww. yeah. Um, also, good good choice in school. I wish that I chose a school in the South. You guys had a pool yeah. on campus. Come on.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it was true. I remember um, when my husband, well, my boyfriend at the time, he was my boyfriend at the time. We used to come visit me. He went to Rutgers, and he would come every other weekend. He'd be like, this, <laughs> I, it's like going on vacation. I was like, I know. Yeah. I only lived on campus for the first year, and then, you know, we, sophomore year, we all got our own apartments and then our apartments had pools and went to the beach every oh, weekend. So fun. But my school was my experience at UT. I felt it uh, was a little bit different. I, you know, we weren't, we couldn't really join a sorority. Um, well, you could, I just, there was, it was school nonstop. Um, you know, my girlfriend, I lived with really great girlfriends in a house and they were in sorority. So I kind of felt like I was in one. And they would go out on like Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights. And I would when I could, but what always came first was school. I mean, we woke up at 6am to go to the hospital and it was just a whole different experience. So Mm -hmm. pretty much you get, uh, you go through your four years So it's really it is just four years. Um, I got my BSN. You can become an RN in two years, but you can get your bachelor's of science in nursing in four years. Um, So got it. So that's
0: what the titles mean, because we see RN, we see BSN. There's so many different titles that nurses have that I don't think a lot of moms really know what those mean.
1: Yeah, so your RN is a two-year degree, and then your BSN is your Bachelor's of Science. It's more schooling, more class. Um, so you get your BSN, and then if I were to continue, I could have I could become a nurse practitioner, or um, I was gonna become a midwife, but things quickly changed. Like I said, when I fell in love with the NICU, I didn't want to leave those little babies. <laughs>
0: Do you get a lot of nervous first time moms like with who have babies oh in a NICU?
1: It's so funny because I can't count even how many babies I've ever had, but or how many parents. But you can tell right away if it's their first baby. Like, I'll always think, like, oh, is it your first one? And you, you could just tell because the nerves are there. They have so many questions, which we love answering. But there is such a difference between having your first and then I have moms. are No, this is my third. My third, my third boy. Or, you know, like there's such a difference. There's a calmness in them, you know, like they've done this, they've been there. First time moms are exciting because especially now that I'm expecting, I love meeting uh, first time moms because I find my myself even sometimes, I don't know, I connect really well with them. Whereas before I connect with all of my parents, but it's such a different experience expecting while being a nurse in the NICU because you can understand their feelings and their emotions and why they're worried. I mean, I, even being a NICU nurse, I worry all the time. I think I know too much, which is the problem. I know too much about Mm. what can go wrong, which kind of makes me worry more. But yeah, it's, it's, I love meeting First time moms. It's something I can bring them calmness to if I answer all their questions. I don't know. It's like such a, it's been a crazy ride, honestly.
0: That's exciting. So let's bring it back a little bit. What qualifies a baby to go to the NICU? What qualifies them to enter into the NICU? And then once a baby goes into the NICU, how do the nurses in there get the information on that specific newborn?
1: There's so many different things that and reasons why your baby will be in the NICU. I think automatically people think, oh, well, the baby must be premature. Uh, Most of our babies are premature, but there are a ton of other reasons your baby could end up in the NICU. They could be full term. A few could be like the mom has a fever, which we call a choreo baby. Um, If the mom has a fever, the baby automatically comes to the NICU. And we do like blood work, blood culture, make sure the baby has no infection, put the baby on antibiotics, all of that. Um, you can have a mom who has uh, gestational diabetes. So her sugars are really all over the place. A lot of those times, those babies are bigger. <laughs> yeah, I have my sugar, my glucose test in 24, at, what is it, 24 weeks? So in a it's few soon, weeks. soon, yeah. Ah. Oh my God, I, I'm, every nurse that I work with that's a mom is like, just eat. Really good for like the day before. Don't deprive yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try. But um, anyways, so we have gestational diabetes moms. So we have so we call them our sugar babies. So you can come in for that. You can come in for jaundice. There's so many different things that bring the babies to the NICU. As a nurse. We go to all the C-sections with the neonatologist. So if you're on admission, you go to a C-section. So if you're in a C-section, if you're a mom who has a planned C-section or it's unexpected, I think some comfort could be that there's always going to be a neonatologist there in the room and a nurse with him. So you have the nurses and the team that specializes and focuses on the mom. And then as soon as that baby comes out, we have a team that focuses on the baby. Sometimes the baby is completely fine. We did our job. We're out. But there's other times where the baby has to come with us based off our assessment. So no matter what, we go to every single C-section. Vaginal deliveries are a little different. Um, you know, we can get a call that's like, oh, the mom has been pushing a while or it's a vacuum or there's different reasons why we'll go to, um, or to smaller baby, which we call IUGR. There's different reasons why we'd go to the vaginal deliveries, but we don't go to every single vaginal delivery. Only if there's a problem that we foresee will be there. So it sounds like the
0: NICU nurses are really, you're in the trenches with everything that's happening at that time with labor and delivery. So it sounds like the teams work really closely together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a close knit team. Our whole maternal floor is pretty close knit. We work really well as a team. Um, there's just always communication. Like we always know, we're always 10 steps ahead, right? We are super prepared. Uh, I mean, then you have unexpected emergencies. It could be you could have a code OB where a mom comes in out of nowhere through the ER or to the lobby. So I think as a team at our hospital, we were pretty successful <laughs> for the most part.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. What do you wish parents knew about the NICU? Hmm, that's a good question.
1: I think the biggest thing is that going back to not only just, I think, first time moms, I think any, if this was your third baby or fourth baby or second baby, you still are completely nervous hearing that your baby is going to be admitted to the NICU. Some moms don't even know what that is, right? So there's this sense of fright. And I think a lot of the time, I think the biggest thing is just to trust us. I think mom, it could be a very whelming over uh, experience and, you know, they get there and sometimes they'll, they'll question you or just, we know what we're doing, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's not in a, not, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that we have your baby. We got this. We are trained for this and any questions you have ask them, but the most important thing and our biggest concern is your, your baby, your baby's safety, your baby's health. We're always being open communication with them. We, we have a 24 uh, seven visitation to our NICU um, and we even have cameras called our NIC view that, um, when we're not with the baby, that brings parents a little sense of comfort. Um, the only times they're off are well, or while we're doing care on the baby. Um, so parents actually love that. It's like, you know, after the mom gives birth, they're in pain, especially they have a C-section, they're tired, they're out of it. So a lot of times the first people who come will be the dads. Um, and then when the parents both come together, we explain the camera, how our visitation works, we introduce them to the NICU, answer any questions they have, give them updates on the baby, they can see their baby. And then that sense of camera really, really provides them a, a sense of comfort. And I think that when they go, so after you're in LD, you give birth, let's say your baby's coming to the NICU. Once the mom recovers in labor and delivery, they get sent down to three uh, our mother-baby unit. Um, So we're on a different floor than... The NICU is on a different floor in our hospital than where the mom and dad would be. But they can come at any time. It's 24-7. But right now, especially with COVID, it's just the mom and dad. It's no aunts, uncles, grandpas. But they could get access to the camera. That's on the parents. So I think that helps our parents a lot. But you know you're building this trust and this relationship with these parents and you want to do everything in your power to let them know that we know we have this you know like your baby is under our control and if anything were to happen you're the first people we call you're the first to know and It's you're building a trust with them. And I don't blame the parents for, you know, being frightful at first, because this is your baby. This is who you created in your stomach for nine months. And, you know, now their lives are in someone else's hands, not your own, not in your womb. And I think creating that bond with the parents and giving them a sense of comfort really just puts them a little bit at ease. But it's trust. That's like, Pretty much what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yes, the number one thing, trust. So, as a NICU nurse, how do you deal with the hard stuff that happens there? I'm sure you see a lot. Um, is there like does is it hard? I mean, that's kind of a dumb question. Is it hard? But no. I guess how do you deal with it?
1: Um, yeah. So that's like actually such a popular question. Um, it's probably like the number one. Oh, po- really? Yeah. It's probably the number one question I get, even from like family members or I, you really have to, as not just a NICU nurse, I think as a nurse in general, you really have to detach yourself, learn how to detach yourself from work and your personal life. Like I think in the NICU or it's a little harder because you create these relationships with these families. Like we have babies there that are over 100 days old. Like you take them under your wing and they are a part of you. And, you know, saying goodbye is actually so much harder than people think. But yeah, no, it, it's crazy. But you have to learn and it just comes with experience. Um, it was really hard in the beginning. Absolutely. But you have to learn how to when you go home, detach yourself a little bit because you still have your personal life. Just as, just like if something were to be going on in my personal life, I never bring that to work. My full attention mm-hmm. is always on my patients, my care, my coworkers, and the baby. Um, it kind of goes both ways, you know? I, It's not easy, I, but it's something kind, you kind of have to learn with experience. I mean, do I come home after a bad day and or the next day and still think about that baby. Yeah, absolutely. I'll text my coworkers and be like, how is so-and-so doing? Like you always, even though you try to detach yourself, work's always gonna be in the back of your mind, those little babies. And yeah, there are really hard days and there's a loss, but there are a lot of great days and there's a lot of happy moments and that nothing will compare to a baby being in your NICU for X amount of time. And seeing being able to tell parents your baby's going home this week or your baby's going home tomorrow. There mm-hmm. it's seeing their faces, it's like it it truly is life changing. You change someone else's life and you were there for them for however long they're in the NICU. You were their support system and you create this bond and you know, even saying goodbye. It's sad, but it's so happy because this baby's whole life has only been in the NICU. And now they get to experience this whole nother life at home with their mom and dad and their brothers and sisters. And we get updates from parents. They'll send us pictures. They'll send us Christmas cards. And every October we have this Halloween party. So anyone who's ever been in the NICU will get this invite from us. And, they'll come in their costumes and we get to see babies that <laughs> that's so cute. Be, you know, it's it's really is so so adorable. It's been a little different with COVID, but we're hoping this year it will happen again. That is so cute. Actually,
0: it's so true like so my baby was not in the NICU, but mm-hmm. 2 years later like my son turns 2 today actually and Aww, I still think of birthday. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Birthday for mama. It should really be a day for us. Like, I feel I, like
1: it's so true.
0: Yeah. Like that's I don't care about true. my own birthday anymore. Like his birthday is so <laughs> special. Cause it was like the day that I like birthed a baby, but anyway, I still yeah. think about this one nurse that we had. She was so patient with us. And so like, kind and like bubbly and cute. And we were, my husband and I were so clueless, like didn't know how to put a diaper on, didn't know how to hold him. <laughs> we were so nervous yeah, no. and it's so funny. I I, I think I thought about like the protocol. So it's nice to hear that parents do send updates and like little cards and stuff because we were like, Oh, should we send her something? Should we send the team something and Then we didn't know what was allowed and what wasn't like, you know? So yeah, it's just so funny. It's nice to hear that. So their etiquette, So it is okay to send, or you probably have to check with your hospital, right?
1: Yeah, I don't, it might be different at different hospitals. We don't like, accept. I would never, if never accept a gift card or money or anything like that, if a parent were to offer. But a lot of the times parents will send like the unit something, um, whether it's like food or a car actually this happened two weeks ago and I will never forget it I we got a call that we had donuts delivered downstairs and I was like oh okay that's not abnormal I was like okay we had the clerk go pick them up and we opened the box and within the box was this card handwritten note and a picture of a 13 year old And it was a letter from a mom saying my baby was in the NICU. I think it was 10 years ago. So I wasn't there yet, but we had a lot of nurses remember. And it was an updated picture. And she said, I just want to thank you. Like She still, 10 years later, remembers her experience in the NICU and certain nurses and how great and comforting our nurses made her feel. And that like, right. I think a lot of us teared up. I, that moment was just like, this is why we do what we do. Like we've impacted her life so much that 10 years later, her daughter's in whatever grade she's in. She's still thinking about that moment. Her daughter was in the NICU and it was, I don't know. It's just so touching. It's such a crazy, it's a crazy, I have, I have the best job truly.
0: It's funny because I, I have a i have a career now and I love my career. I'm in marketing. I do marketing for a tech company, like super different than nursing. But I feel like one thing I would love to do is work with, I don't know, like do a lot. Like I'm so interested because I just love pregnant women. I love babies. And there's something mm-hmm. like I could definitely understand when you say it's like the best job in the world. I can imagine why. Like I can. I totally yeah. Get it. Like you really do touch people's lives and you really do help. And it's true. Like you'll see when you go through your experience, like you will, like, you just remember your hospital. You just always remember your delivery experience. Like it, like two years yeah. later, like I still think about it. So it's so, it's so funny. Oh,
1: that's sweet. And it means a lot to nurses to hear that. It. it I mean, especially in the NICU, I think that it's, it's nice to hear because I know how we feel on our side, but that's why that moment was so special. It was like, holy crap. Like it has been 10 freaking years. And she thought of us to deliver donuts on at nurse on nurses week. And she was so appreciative. Like it was just, it was really cool. And that, that stuff happens all the time. So unfortunately it's, I see it's an ICU. So it's not like people can come. We don't even allow children Mm -hmm. actually like siblings can't even come and see their little brother or sister. So that's kind of like our connection with people, you know, pictures and letters or phone calls. And it's really great. And like you said, I think now that I'm expecting, it's such a different experience um, because it's happening. Everything I've heard moms talk about or complain about or vented to me about or were self-conscious about, like I'm experiencing firsthand and it's such a wild ride. I am loving, I love being pregnant. Everyone's like, oh, like, how are you? I'm like, honestly, I'm great. First trimester was definitely rough. I I was talking to you before, I was saying, I was so sick first trimester and actually lost weight, but the second I hit like 16, 17 weeks, it was like night and day. And that's what moms have told me in the NICU. Moms have told me one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna feel totally different and you're not gonna understand it. And that's exactly what happened. And I love it. Like, honestly, I, I could be pregnant every year. I'm not even just saying that. I know that sounds crazy, but I love it. I love feeling him move. It's like this crazy bond you have and it's everything and more that people told me, you know?
0: Uh, yes. So it's funny because not everybody has that experience. And I have a lot of friends who had very, uh, very, I know. And you feel bad. So I, I actually didn't know I was going to love being pregnant. So, like, it was actually a very nice surprise and same thing. First trimester was weird and hard. And like, I was like a zombie, so tired all the time, but I loved being pregnant. Yeah. I really did and even when I got gestational diabetes and I had to take insulin shots and watch my mm. carbs every meal. And that was hard, but I, uh, I actually like still really look forward to next time I'm pregnant because I had such a, a nice experience. And I'm sorry if you're listening and I know didn't that's didn't have I that feel experience so I feel terrible. Because there are,
1: there's so many people I know that have had really hard pregnancies and really hard, just overall, like not everyone's, everyone has a different experience completely. People are sick. I had a girlfriend in the NICU, she, who's a nurse, she was so sick up until like 23 weeks. And so when I was sick, my first trimester, that was like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I am so screwed, but luckily it subsided. But I mean, actually this morning I got sick, but the first time in a long time, that was a little weird, but I don't even care. It's just like, I just can't wait to meet him and I can't wait to see him. And my husband feels the same way, except husbands have it totally easy. And (laughs) like, but he, he said he was gaining sympathy weight. I don't know what that is. Is that a thing
0: girl? Yes. Yeah. Bless my husband like gained all the sympathy. I think he gained more weight than I did yeah, to my like it's just, to
1: my father-in-law too and we were isn't that like,
0: so weird though like yeah. how, how and why I just like I kind of don't get it it's kind of weird
1: he's a twig he's just using my pregnancy <laughs> as like going wherever he want eating wherever he want um but I still make sure I keep super active I go to Orange Theory like they say if you cr- if you keep exercising and keep moving and continue to be active like you were before then you'll have a really great well hopefully a better delivery so uh, I'm balancing everything I'm treating myself but I'm also like taking care of myself and the baby
0: I believe in that too it was hard in my experience because I was pregnant during like the thick of the pandemic when everything was closed even parks Uh, were closed do you remember that that was so it was I couldn't imagine because
1: We just get up and I'm like, I'm craving a Sunday and we'll like go down the street and get a Sunday.
0: Yeah. And like, yes. So I'm so happy that you you don't have to go through that. But I was super active when I before the pandemic and I could even see like towards the end, I gave birth in June and I was starting to try and be more active. And we live on a small farm out in Mm -hmm. Western New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I was able to be active. And I really do think it helps. I mean, it's just, it does. So for my next pregnancy, same thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same thing. I want to be like active the whole time.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because I never, it's not like I had a plan like, oh, I'm going to exercise during pregnancy. I just always like people would tell me just like keep moving, keep moving, keep active. And then you go to your OB and they're just like, you know, um, it's normal to gain with you, with your stature. It's normal to gain 25 to 35 pounds. And last time I was there, she was like, oh, like, okay, so you'll probably be putting on a pound a a week. I'm like, what? That's that's like crazy to me. That hasn't happened, but I think it's going to catch up with me. Like, I think that like third trimester, I'll probably like blow up or
0: something. Well, so you do, but not with like, traditional weight and everyone listening, like Sydney and I were talking a little bit about like body image and like weight gain. And we're talking about how we're both like, we're both short, we're both petite. So the weight gain is just really different on our bodies, but yes. So third trimester, I was the same as you, like, I didn't actually gain too much weight. And then third trimester I gained weight, but it wasn't weight weight. It was like water weight. Yes. And you never you don't really understand what that means. But it's like true. Like everything's just like swell. It's the weirdest. It's the weirdest, weirdest experience. Yeah. But then you like you kind of lose it all too. like once. Yeah. When you give birth I and when you that. get home, like you'll
1: see like it drops off of you, especially when you're breastfeeding or if you choose to breastfeed. Um, I like that burns calories in itself. So I don't know. I, I was a little worried. Definitely my first trimester when I was losing weight, but that was because I was getting so much sick. I was getting so sick. And then now mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I really don't. I try not to go on the scale. I know we talked earlier and I said, this is the first time I stepped on the scale in a while, but every time I go to the OB, they say like, you're great, Eat whatever you want. And so I'm like, okay, <laughs>
0: that's, that's awesome. <laughs> How do you think working in the NICU prepared you for your own pregnancy and then soon-to-be-mom journey?
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Well, going back to what I was saying before when I was telling you that, you know, people say to my husband all the time, like, you're so lucky. Do you know how lucky you are? I can change diapers with my eyes closed. I probably have changed, like, (laughs) 50,000 diapers in my life. Uh, Everything, like four babies. I love every that. Hours. Yeah. I think I've always kind of naturally had a motherly instinct. I babysat this, that. Um, but I think being in the NICU and just learning little things like my favorite question, moms, ask, <laughs> first time parents ask me, it's so funny. They'll be, they'll come over to me and they'll be like, the baby's crying. I'm like, it's okay like babies cry. Like babies are going to cry. It doesn't mean like I think you'll learn as you get to learn your baby what that cry means. Is he hungry? Is he tired? Is she gassy? Uh I you pick up on those things in the NICU. Um I just I just I find so much comfort in knowing what's going to soothe my baby and how do I get the baby back down to sleep? How to sleep train? This I mean they don't we don't sleep train in the NICU, but just from hearing so much experience from coworkers and moms and nurses, I, and books, like, I feel like I have that stuff down on pat. But even things such as I know, which I wouldn't have known if I was a NICU nurse, if my baby has a temperature of 99, probably if I was in a NICU nurse, like, other moms, they freak out and they think their baby has a fever. I know that's that's not a considered a fever. Um, I wouldn't freak out. I wouldn't call my pediatrician. Maybe the baby just has too many layers on. Maybe the baby's too hot. But if there's other symptoms that come along with it and the baby's temperature starts to increase, obviously that's when I would call my pediatrician. But, you know, I I don't, maybe there are things I'm not really thinking of. But I just think things in general, um, thing, simple things that like parents always pick, like, oh, my gosh, my baby has hiccups. Hicc- hiccups. Is that OK? Yeah, that's OK. <laughs> babies, babies are human, right? We're all human. Babies are going to sneeze. Babies are going to hiccup. Babies are going to fart. Babies are going to spit up even if everything's fine. And, you know, I'm excited though, to teach all this to my husband, because he is, I feel like probably so clueless when it comes to this stuff. He's so great with kids, but he will have all these questions that I hear every single day that I'm excited to teach him and go through with him because I don't know, I'm sure they're definitely going to be times like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say Oh, like I'm not nervous about anything. I'm sure there's definitely going to be times. It's just fortunately for NICU nurses, we have a little easier as moms because we know a lot, you know?
0: Yeah, you have like the basics down. Like speaking about like questions, I asked a nurse once if he could die from crying. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I was, like, so freaked out. by <laughs>
1: crazy questions. I know. I know. I don't you're care if alone. you laugh at me because it's kind of dumb. But I, like, no, had to – I, I, I literally Googled
0: it. I was, like, can he die from crying? And then I flipped, freaked out, and I, like, called, like, the nurse on call. And I was, like, maybe um, no, he's crying, it's, like, hard.
1: Yeah. No, it's <laughs> – you're not crazy. You're not asking – You don't know, you know, like if you've never had a baby, how do you know? It's these aren't crazy questions, they make me laugh because I hear I hear crazy ones, trust trust me. Um, it's fun, it's it's fun to hear these. Can you can you think of
0: like the craziest question you've ever gotten? Like, is there one that you can share that's that that, like really made you laugh or giggle afterwards? (laughs) This
1: isn't the craziest question. This definitely isn't the craziest question. I'll have to think about that one because I get asked a lot of crazy questions. But this is definitely the funniest, especially with dads. When dads have boys, they fixate on the size of the boy's penis. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> yes, kidding. Okay. It is so, funny so is my husband. Like, yep. So is it going to get bigger? I'm like, yeah. Yep. Like every part of his body, everything's gonna grow. They're like amazed at how little a little boy's genitalia is. They're like, so is does this get any bigger? And it just makes us crack up. Like that's probably definitely not the craziest we've heard crazy. But that one to me is just hilarious. Because I think dads think everything's gonna grow. But that I don't know. I think my husband
0: fixated on it too. He kept, he was like, oh, it's so cute. It's like a little tiny cannoli. And I was like, yeah. Like, and because like, whenever we put the baby powder, he'd be like, we're dusting the cannoli. I'm like, don't call it that. Yeah. But it's, I think dads, I yeah, I think they're fascinated by it. So funny.
1: And so many dads are like so terrified of changing diapers. And then I'm like, When you go home and you get the hang of this, you are going to be changing them. I know you think you're not because you're a guy, but you're going to be changing them because there are going to be moments where mommy is not in the room or not home and you have the baby and he can't sit in his diaper. I That's the part I like about my job is I could be so honest with them. Good for uh, you. That's awesome. Like. I need to see you guys do everything, this and that. So when you go home, like, I'm not going to be there. And I make dad hop on in. I'm like, no, you have to change this diaper. Like, you have to. You have to feed. You have to do this. And guys are, the husbands are so nervous about it. It's cute. It really is. It's like, I don't know. Like, my husband, he's just so excited. He texted me the other day and he's like, I'm so excited. I can't wait for him to come. Is it October yet? Like he is so excited. Aww. And that, it's so exciting watching him be so excited. You know, I get to see babies all the time. Um, it's gonna be totally different when I have my own, but he really isn't around babies. You know what I mean? Like he's great with kids. He has a lot of cousins and stuff. But I'm really excited to watch their bond form. And I don't know, I'm just we're just really excited.
0: Hey, everyone. It's your host, Lena Forrestal, taking a quick break from this podcast episode to ask you to support the show. I do this show because I love it. And as a self-funded creator, your support can help me pay for things like podcast hosting and an editor. So here's how you can help. Share this episode with a mom friend, caretaker, or soon-to-be mom friend. Leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you wanted to throw me some coins, you can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash newmamaspodcast. Any little bit helps, and I appreciate your support. Finally, give me a follow on Instagram at Lena Forrestal. I love meeting my listeners, so definitely send me a DM and introduce yourself. Now, let's get back to the show. Do you have a birth plan? And if so, what, what is it if you want to, if you don't mind sharing?
1: Oh my gosh. You're going to be like, what? I don't. I, I was just, no, that was me too. Don't worry. Girl- I had no birth plan. One so. of my girlfriends. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot of the times people freak out if their birth, like if they want to have a vaginal delivery and they have to have a C-section, I I don't know how to really... I think maybe it's harder as a nurse. I don't know how to have a uh, birth plan because nothing ever goes as planned, right? I don't want to set myself up for disappointment, but also I know everything like that could happen or would happen or that I'm not... I won't be surprised at anything, you know? I think if you Mm -hmm. really don't know anything or what can happen at the hospital, that's, I think, the shock part of it all. That's why people get upset as if your birth plan doesn't go as planned because they don't realize their... Your birth plan most likely will not go as planned, you know? They're... It, it won't, unless I guess I feel like birth plans really are more for maybe like home births or someone working with midwives. I That's what I think of when I think of birth plans. I don't have a birth plan. I'm just, I'm a really go with the flow kind of person in that sense. So I think whatever happens <laughs> will happen. So maybe I should have a birth plan. I don't
0: have one. No, actually, it's really comforting to hear a NICU nurse who has her own pregnancy, just share that she doesn't have a birth plan, because I think a lot of moms think they need to have one. And when they were asked if they have one, they almost feel a little guilty that they don't have one. And I felt the same way. And no. I was the same as you. I was like, you know what? I trust my doctors. I trust my team. Like whatever happens, happens. I had gestational diabetes. So I was technically, and I'm a little older. So I was technically high risk. I was actually, honestly, it expecting a C-section and then I had, and I had a vaginal birth. And I think maybe that's why I also had a very good, like, I have a good relationship with my like delivery memories because I think I was just expecting the worst and it didn't happen. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't like married to like one outcome or one. I just on, I was just like, whatever gets the baby out, like epidural too. I was like, I might not want one, but I might want one. And I was just really leaving myself open to that. Like I didn't make a decision until I was in there and I was induced and I just had contractions for so long that I, I was like, just give me the epidural and then, and the laughing, the nitrous oxide. I had that too.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually a really good point you brought up. If you want a natural birth and you don't want an epidural and you don't want pain meds and you want to feel every, which some moms do. And that's not me, but some moms really want that. And that's great. Like you want to feel what your bodies, what women was, who were put on earth, what we were made to do is right. To create this great human beings in nine months. And you want to feel every single moment of that. I understand why why women want that. And I guess that's a good point. If you, really want a natural birth you probably do obviously have a birth plan i think a lot of people think they need one but you really don't but it's circumstantial i guess for me whatever happens happens before i was a nikki nurse, my mom had all three of her kids c-sections and her oh, scars cool. are like, very, I- very 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 little so i thought oh i want a section like i want a c-section like great. Let's just get the baby in and out. But what people don't realize is <laughs> C-section is major abdominal surgery. And you yeah. really don't want to C-section your first baby because you can only have so many. So if you have your first section, um, you have to have sections. Um, I know some doctors are different. Like some doctors believe in different things or practice different things. But most of the time, if you have C-sections, you have C-sections. And I'm not going to be afraid if I have a C-section, but obviously, one thing I would want is I want my first—I want to experience a vaginal, a vaginal delivery for my first one. Um, God, like you know, we plan to have four kids, so the next—I don't want four sections.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's yeah, and I think it's just more challenging to have, like you were saying, a vaginal birth after a C-section. A lot of I have a lot of moms that really did not want C-sections that had C-sections and they're going for a V-back, the vaginal birth after Mm -hmm. C-section. And it's like a whole community. It's so interesting, but yeah, I feel like I'm more tied. I just feel like you get to delivery and it really is. I don't want to say it's out of your control, but I mean, there's some things that your body does or doesn't do and In the moment, it's all the people making those decisions of getting the baby out are really putting the baby and your health first. What stage are you looking most forward to? Like, is it newborn? Is it infant, toddler? Like what makes you giddy the most or what, which stage like kind of maybe it makes you feel nervous if you even have those feelings?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I love the infant newborn stage, just because that's in my nature. But I, I think that's because I see that so much. I'm really excited beyond that. Like, I don't get to see my babies, uh, you know, at three months, well, it depends on the baby, but three months, four months, six months, I don't get to see those growing months where the babies get their own personalities. And you get to see, all those different stages. So I am excited. I'm excited for every single stage. Todd, everyone says top- terrible twos are terrible and teething. I'm not excited for that. Cause I know teething is really hard with, uh, but that happens at like what, three, four months, the teething starts.
0: Yeah. About that. I feel like people, like I haven't experienced a terrible two. I mean, my son's not two yet. So I, get- I mean, he's two today, but So far, so good. I kind of feel like it's not as bad as people make it out to seem, but every kid is different and every parent is different and gets triggered differently. I think the hardest part for me was like 18 months when he couldn't communicate, but he knew what he wanted. I think that was really hard. But now that my son can communicate, I feel like it's so much and I can communicate with him. It's so much easier to kind of balance out those emotions that he
1: has. Yeah, Definitely. Overall, I'm just excited. I'm just excited for every stage, every stage, wh- however difficult or easy he may be. Um, we're ready.
0: <laughs> yes. There you, I love that's the attitude. Exactly. It's like, I think a lot of new parents who, and I know this was true for me too. maybe expect it to be easy or it's just, the, I remember saying to my husband, it's just a baby. It'll we'll be <laughs> fine. It's just a baby. And I kind of like giggle at myself. I'm like, I had no idea what I was even talking right. about.
1: Right, And you really don't know babies come with st- like, um, my sister had really bad colic, so she never slept and she screamed her head off and my mom had yeah. a lot of sleepless nights. So I'm prepared for that too. Just because, you know, we've talked a lot about this just because I'm a NICU nurse doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Like it, it really mm-hmm. is different per baby. Like, you know, uh some babies have colic. Some babies are super gassy. Some babies, no matter what you do, do not sleep. Um, so there's so many different challenges that come with each baby. Each in, is different. So I'm just excited to meet him and see I'm, yeah, I'm what so he's excited like for you. and what he looks like and who is he going to look like. And um, I, get, I get this giddy, by the way, for parents in the NICU where I have no relation or I'm not blood related to the babies or to the parents. I think just in general, I just love babies.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Like makes me smile so big. <laughs> okay. My last question is what does maternity leave look like for a NICU nurse? Oh, that's a
1: good question. Overall, I'll have six months completely off. Um, but there's a lot that, wow. that. you have and every hospital may be different. It, it it's not just six months by my work. It's you get certain time off through the hospital, then you get time off through the state, and then if you have a bunch of PTO hours, you can add that on too. Um, it's that's an interesting question that because right now, actually, ironically, we've been talking a lot about like the timing of how. After I have the baby, how long my maternity leave is going to be in like, if I go back to work or when, um, I might get in trouble, but I right now, you know, but my husband and I, we don't, I think that I'm going to go part-time or per diem, um, most likely per diem, which is so hard for me to even wrap my head around because per diem is when you, um, you still work in the NICU, I'm still going to be a nurse. I'm still going to be very much part of the unit, but it's pretty much. So as a nurse, you in the NICU or just a nurse in general, you work three shifts, three 12 hour shifts, um, a week. So part-time is considered at our hospital three shifts every two weeks. So you work those three shifts in two weeks. Per DM, really, your only requirement is uh, one or two times a month. Um, But our census always varies. So we constantly need people to come in, cover. So it wouldn't just be one or it could be really as much as I'm needed. I could pick up shifts. I don't want to ever lose my... I have such a passion in the NICU, and I have such a passion. I work my butt off to be a NICU nurse, um, so I never want to lose my practice. But I think what my me and my husband decided was that you know I'm going to take my six months off, and then I'm right now I'm not. We're not planning on me going back full time. Um, but there's so much that plays into that that I feel like no one talks about, and there's not enough moms know, and not enough people know that sometimes you know there's such a stigmatism of like oh working moms or stay at home moms like i hate that and i think that if if you choose to be a stay at home mom maybe you're not even choosing to maybe you really don't have a choice i think that people don't really understand that like for example in our in my position um i we live an hour from our parents live 5 minutes apart in our hometown where we grew up and met And so we're an hour from our parents. Uh, Our parents, our moms also haven't retired. So we don't really have that option where it's a lot of the times um, in the NICU, um, you know, like I have girlfriends whose moms will help them out for the day or this and that. We are so far from our parents and my mom and his mom absolutely would cut back on their work to, to watch him. But it's the fact that we live so far from them. I wouldn't even be able to get my baby. We both leave for work, me and my husband at 5.30 in the morning. He gets home at 6 p.m. and I get home at 8, 8.30 p.m. They're long days and long hours. And, um, yeah, there's no way for us to be able to add two more hours onto traveling for that daycare. I'm just learned. I wouldn't, I personally, and I really have zero judgment. Personally, I wouldn't put my baby in day- daycare before one year. That's just my personal preference. And I, that's just me. I know every mom is in a different situation, um, but I really wanted to bond, especially with my baby that first year. Daycare is insane. Okay. I don't know why this isn't <laughs> talked about enough, but daycare is pricing is ridiculous. Not ridiculous because, you know, teachers, are what make this world go round. And I think they're actually underpaid, <laughs> but they daycare itself is like thousands of dollars. So you're pretty much at that point, just making a paycheck. it's rent. Yes. You're making a paycheck just to put towards daycare. Right. So it's like you're working, but it kind of balances itself out. Right. So we've just decided to Um, I'm going to pick up shifts because I can make really great money in those shifts um, when I'm needed. But my primary focus is going to be on staying home with the baby. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited to bond with him and have every single day because based off of so many different moms and so many different nurses I work with, it goes by so fast, your maternity leave. And that's the hardest part is going back to work and not being with your baby all day, every day. So we're really fortunate where we're in that position where I can be home with him. You know, my we're both Italian. My husband's old school Italian and he wants me to stay home. <laughs> so and like, that's just how he sees things. But he is so respectful and understanding of how hard I work to get to my position. And I never want to lose that. My license and I have, I never want to lose that. So, you know, I'll work when I can, but my primary focus is going to be staying at home with him. And, you know, that may change down the line, like, you know, when he gets bigger or who knows, who knows where life's going to throw us, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm so glad I asked you that question because you brought up so many amazing points. I guess the one thing I can think about while you were talking was why this rush to go back to work? As women, why not take like we have our whole lives to work? Like, God bless okay. we have long, yeah. beautiful, fulfilling lives. Like, what's what's a couple years, you know, yeah. going to do to that? Like it really we really should normalize women and families being able to take that time when the babies are little. Have you heard of the whole thing of like 18 summers? It's um it's no. just there's like Someone wrote this like piece on, I think it was parents.com. That was like, we have 18 summers with our children. And then because once they go to college, like Uh life just looks so different. I know. And I got chills and I feel like I'm going to cry saying that, but I was just like, (laughs) I know. And you're like, well, then like, I would much rather like looking back, like take time off work and be there with my babies. You know, if, of course, this is a place of privilege, like, you're able to do that. It's it's right, so different yeah. for every kind family. Families
1: who aren't in that position. Yeah. You know, there's other countries which that I think they get off. I don't know how long, but it's way longer than America. People get off from maternity leave. Like, they're paid to be at home with their kid. I don't know if they're paid or I'm not really sure how it works, but I just know the maternity leave is way different. And also, I think... I always hear now. I think this is the new thing. Like dads get a, uh, a leave too. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. Recently, was talking to a few a few dads and some dads really do get that time off, which is great. Some companies give that to them.
0: Yeah, my I know my company does, and it's so it's so good. And I think more and more companies are offering parental leave versus. Uh- Yeah. yeah. Just maternity leave. So, and I know for me, I worked at another company at the time. I only had six weeks. So uh, my, my baby was still a newborn. Yeah. When I went back to work and I worked from home. So I have that privilege, but still I was like, so I was like breastfeeding, holding him sobbing while like on a call, like working it's it's awful.
1: No, it's not fair. I think (laughs) that's like a major problem. I, I just think that six weeks is nothing. That is not. And I know that you're not the only one. I've heard that from a lot of moms. I've heard that some get eight weeks, some get this, some get that. I'm not sure if every job necessarily gets anything like would in your job. Did you get anything, any time off with the state?
0: No. So at my other company and it varies company to company at my other yeah. job, I had to be there one year. To qualify for Family Medical Leave Act, FMLA, that's where you get the 12 yep. weeks from. Mm-hmm. I did not qualify because, and I was, <gasps> I was like a week shy. I was literally like a week shy from my year. Like by the time I got pregnant, I didn't qualify. So that's why I had, I couldn't even take time off if I wanted to, because I asked HR, I said, I will take, I'll take three months unpaid. Wait, Leave me why did like, we'll... you
1: qualify? I didn't even know that was that moms they, could get turned down for that.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's what I think it's that's in a it very state to state too, but yeah, it's just so now in this company, now I get close to four months off, which is a lot better, but six months, yeah. I think six months should be at minimum minimum. It should be six months. I agree. It's yeah. I agree. It's just, it's crazy. That's just,
1: I was just going to say that's so important for moms to have that time with their babies. And even after like I guess there's no amount of time that's enough time, right? <laughs> Fact. There you go. There is the quote of the episode. It's so. It's yeah. so true. And and everyone's different too. Like. I like
0: working now like my son. So my son's in daycare. I put him in. I had to put him. I I understand what you mean by you didn't want your child in daycare before a year. I had to put him in daycare at seven months. And I felt like that I felt comfortable at seven months because he could sit on his own. Right. I feel like a year like in my personal preference, I think a year is like that would have been my preference, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's different. But now, like working fills my cup in a different way. Like I love working. I love my team. It's like another. It's like socialization with humans. So yeah, I mean not escape, humans. Sorry, right? adults.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. it's an
1: escape. I think moms need their escape too. You know, whether it's a day here or there at work or whatever that may be.
0: Yeah. But I do think I love that you can go part-time because I feel like that's something that I would want to do too. If I had the, if I could go part-time, like after maternity leave and ease back into my job, that would be the best. That'd be the best thing. Well, Sydney, I want to definitely keep in touch. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I would love to have you on after you have your baby, maybe while you're on maternity leave <laughs> and here, like I'm dying to hear about like the later stages of your pregnancy and then how delivery goes and then like newborn life like it would just be so cool to catch up with you in oh my gosh, a couple months. yeah, a couple months, isn't that crazy?
1: <laughs> October 10 10 10 ten yeah <gasps> 10 ten, what a beautiful I can't day. Believable. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Everyone's like, that's the October's the best time to have a baby because you have all the holidays off, this, that, this, that. Um, there's it actually really worked out because this summer I thought about this this summer because it's hard enough finding things that look good on you in when you're pregnant because maternity clothes isn't really, unless you're buying maternity leggings, it's not really a thing like it used to be where you're just kind of sizing up. I always like in the summer it's so easy you can throw on dresses you can this that I don't know what I'm gonna do when it gets well I guess I'm October but if it got cold if when it gets colder I feel like that's really challenging you just wear big sweaters I guess but overall uh, yes
0: yeah I did a lot of huge sweaters because even my jacket like I have like a Canada goose that like didn't fit me uh, anymore I yeah. I was like, I was, like I was like, oh, my God, like my jet, my like eight hundred dollar jacket doesn't fit.
1: <laughs> yeah. winter's hard enough to look cute. Me uh, also with having Facts. a big bump. So uh, I'm sure one day, one one baby, one of the babies will have will be I'll be big, large and in charge in the winter. But I'm glad my first one, <laughs> a summer cute dresses, cute this, cute that. And then uh fall's like one of my favorite time, seasons. So it's going to be so great having this first halloween his first thanksgiving his first christmas we're just so excited ah that's so cute
0: i love that thank you sydney for telling everything you spilled the tea for sure told us everything Um, of course thanks for having me yeah of course are you on instagram like is there anything or tiktok like are you on any of those platforms oh my
1: gosh (laughs) I do not have TikTok. I, all my friends do. They're addicted. They're like, you have to get it. I'm like, I don't need anything else. I'm, I'm going to be addicted to, I might get it. I honestly might cave and get it, but I do have Instagram Sydney, S Y D N E Y underscore. And with two E's A-N-N-E-E. So you can find me on there. You can reach out to me if you have any questions, concerns, anything at all.
0: Yay. So cute. Well, thank you, Sydney and everyone listening. Stay tuned next week for the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the new mama's podcast. This podcast was created to help first time moms everywhere, navigate this new stage of life and talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger, photographer, and podcaster by mid-afternoon. And as a first-time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. You can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash newmamaspodcast. Stay in touch by following us on Instagram at newmamaspodcast and Lena Forrestal. Thanks again, and stay tuned next week for the next episode. Bye!